Hello, how you how you doing? Uh, welcome to Last Exit to Brooklyn, LE2B. I'm Tom McCaffrey. I'm here with Eric Bronstein. What's up, man? Um, not much. That was very okay. clean how how we did that. I'm Sorry, learning I mean, how to. I do didn't the mean music. to stump you with that question. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Uh, That's a tough did one. Did you think I was going to say um, how are you? Yeah, that would have gotten me. I think I, you really threw me. Yeah, you would do really great on those uh, those game shows. <laughs> I don't know whose line is it anyway. Anyway, um, so what's going on? A lot going on. There's a few things you want to talk about. Um, yeah, so much going on. A lot going on. Um, Pandemics so, maybe over. Up? Pandemic maybe over. Who knows? Yeah, what's go- so? You got vaccinated, right? I, I got the first vaccination. Yeah. Uh, Which from- one did you get? Moderna, and then I saw oh. like on Drudge today. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, because Pfizer's the shit, right? What's the difference, though? Apparently, it's not really that much difference for you, but Pfizer, uh, one, the Pfizer one makes you asymptomatic or you can't spread it or something like that. So they say it's the best one, but I don't know. <clears throat> okay, cool. Um, <laughs> hey, you got, is Moderna supposed to be not good or something? Yeah, it's just that it's actually like just a high C. Um, oh, really? Fruit drink. Yeah. Do they still even make high yeah, C? Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, sunny delight. I hope so. Yeah, do you, I don't drink any of it anymore. But um, but yeah, so that's good. And I but I saw you know it's just whatever you do. There's always a news story that day of like it killed someone. <laughs> like the they're like the Moderna vaccine. Someone died from it. I'm like, all right. I mean, that's just that's one person. So oh, really? Someone did. Yeah. So I mean, uh, oh, was that I, was that the was that the Drudge story or was it the Pfizer thing? Was it the what? What was the drudge story? The Pfizer one or the, the person dying? Um, the person dying. Oh, okay. So, but they, they, they took Moderna and died. How old did it say? I don't know. They said, I don't know. No idea. But whatever. I, it's too late. I'm getting the second one in like two weeks. Oh, lucky. I guess so. Yeah. Does that mean I can't get it now? That's what they say, you know, but who knows, you know, then they're starting to say, oh, maybe you'll have to need a booster next year. No one really knows for sure. But don't they also keep saying there's like new strains coming out like every day? They're like, oh, there's a new one that it kills everyone. Yeah, but, but they're saying that the, it, these things do work against the new strains. So they, they say, do. yeah, so we'll see, though. All right. Well, that's a good, good start. <laughs> um, but so the movie Coming to America Part 2 came out finally, I know. Coming to America. I know, but I, I said part two because if you just say coming to America, it doesn't sound like you're talking about the second one. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like you're talking about the first movie, yeah. right? Um, so clever of them. Coming to America. <laughs> too, too Fast, Too Furious. All so right. did you, you, you saw it? Did you like it? Um, you know what? I was expecting the movie to be horrendous just yeah. because usually with sequels that are years later, later, which they, uh, they're usually really bad, but this one I thought was all right. Yeah. It was a lot better than I, I was surprised that I, that I had the same thing. I wasn't like, wow, this is good. I was like, oh, wow, this isn't horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they even like made was... a joke about it too. In the movie. Remember that part? Did they say something about like oh, all they do now is make sequels to mo- movies, old movies that yeah, aren't that, needed? Yeah, that no one asks for. Yeah, 
So yeah, does Jermaine Fowler say that? Uh, yeah, he does. He's uh, his character is like a movie buff, I guess, and he hates American movies. Yeah. So Jermaine Fowler, he um he he was in my movie that I made, Adventures in Comedy. It's like the mockumentary. Check it out. Oh, it's on Prime, Amazon Prime, and a bunch of uh, like Canopy just released it. But what's Canopy? Um, I don't know. It's like a new one of those apps. Someone tweeted at me that it was on there, but check it out. I think it's on Apple TV, but adventures and comedy. There's a lot of comedians in it, but yeah, Jermaine Fowler's in it. I mean, it's in, you know, I, I kind of knew him for a little, did you know him kind of, it seemed like he was like around for a little bit and then just blew up immediately and just was gone. That's the way I saw it. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's insane. He's in fucking, he's like the star of the sequel to coming to America. That kind of like blows my mind. Yeah. Um, Someone told me that the reason why one of the reasons why I got the part is because he does an Eddie Murphy impression, but I didn't see him do that in the movie unless I missed it. He, if I didn't, I didn't notice it either. If he did yeah. that, um, he's good in it. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was kind of like it just felt very like they, they did a, a good job of like making it very nostalgic and doing a lot of like references and kind yeah. of being like in the, on the joke, like this scene. Come up in here. Hey, it's Kunta Kinte and Ebola. Famine and blood diamond. Nelson Mandela and Winnie. Those hungry babies with the flies on the face. Hey, oh, 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 that's too much now. You- that was actually a funny part, actually. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, I guess it doesn't really matter. But so that that Jewish guy is, is the same age. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty years later. Um, well, that's the thing. They, those characters, they everyone looked the same as they did thirty years ago. You know. They made them look a little older, but yeah. uh, it's just kind of watching things like this, like just kind of illustrates how, how much movies have changed, you know? Um, and also, you know, I'm watching it the night it comes out I, in my bed on my TV and I'm like, yeah, this is our, this isn't horrible. You know, yeah. like, you know, the first one was such a, I actually worked at a movie theater when the first one came out in, in the Hamptons, not to brag, but yeah. uh, it was like for the <laughs> summer. And so I was, it was, I kept seeing it um, over and over again with full crowds. And so I would see over and over crowds reacting to certain scenes. And it was just <clears> such like, it was always packed and it was just such like a big movie. So it's just sort of like now movies are like, Oh yeah. 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 And you, you kind of think that you know, had this, the pandemic, it was not another one of these movies. If there was no pandemic, would this movie have done well in the theater? I don't know. I don't think, think it would have. I think uh, this is probably the best thing for it because it's just kind of. I apparently did really well. I think it's been it's it was like the highest watched movie streaming movie since the pandemic. So, yeah. I think all these comedies now have to go to the, the streaming services. I think that you know that was already kind of happening in the last four or five years anyway. So um, now it's just kind of officially changed over, and it just kind of makes sense that. Yeah, the, I, I don't know. I don't think it would have done that great. Like, I, I guarantee it would have been pan. I mean, it, it it got like okay reviews, but you know, it would have been lost with the superhero movie of the week. Yeah, yeah. and there were you know, and it was there was a lot of like, oh yeah, I remember that from the eighties. Oh yeah, that was yeah. funny that they made fun of that. Like, and didn't they? They did a lot of scenes that were like exactly like the first one, right? Yeah, and they also really, I think, were targeting that movie to like Generation X or something because there was all these, all those musical interludes like like with En Vogue and shit. You know, you could see. Yeah, who they that played movie. a lot of yeah '80s songs. Right. Definitely, they were. I could tell they were like pandering to me. <laughs> um, 
but it was yeah I and mean, then i rewatched i just was watching the original one and, and i was like oh wow this was so much it made me appreciate the original one more i was like wow this is like good did you see that one scene where they digitally uh uh aged eddie murphy yeah that was a little weird when they did it when they're in the club yeah but it wasn't terrible i mean it did kind of work it didn't work perfectly but it worked okay yeah it worked enough it wasn't yeah. straight it was a little and it, it it did get blowback a little bit i knew it would where basically uh leslie jones like kind of like rapes him without oh, him knowing oh, Not really. really but it's like you can do that still with a guy like because wasn't that what it, what it was like? He took drugs or something, and then Leslie he Jones sat on him or something. Yeah, but that you can still do that as a joke, like that, like a guy is given drugs and a chick like fucks him. Yeah, but people got mad about that, though. I'm sure some. I mean, do. there was a little bit, you know. Of course, everyone has to get mad at anything that happened. But I mean, you know, Eddie Murphy was, you know, wrote it and was one of the writers and was, yeah. seemed, he seemed cool with it. So I don't know. That shouldn't really. It didn't yeah, offend Les- me. Leslie Jones and uh, and uh, Tracy Morgan were actually like big scene stealers in that movie. Yeah, they were fine. I, I mean, like. I'm not crazy about it either. I mean, I think they're both fine, but um, I thought it was like I, I, they were like see, when I laughed at it, it was like kind of like I would laugh and be like, oh, wow, that was actually pretty good. That was a pretty good one. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's it just wasn't as like you remember when the first one came out and like you found out that it was Eddie Murphy as a Jewish guy. It was such yeah. a crazy revelation like. I remember seeing that over and over because I worked in that movie theater. Like, kept I kept seeing people react to f- when you found out that Eddie Murphy was the guy at the end. People were like, "Oh my god!" Because even when I was watching this one, I mean, it. I'm sure they helped with like CGI, but it got it. You can't tell at all that it's Eddie Murphy, even the original. No, it's great makeup what they do there. You know, um, the funny thing is, I like coming to America. You know, when it first came out, but it wasn't like I didn't love it. Like I liked, you know, the other John Landis Eddie Murphy movie. Beverly Hills Cop. No, I don't. Did he direct that? He might have. No, no, uh, he he directed. I think the third one. It's yeah, um, Trading Places. It, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. In my opinion, that's the better movie. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's weird. I was rewatching uh, Coming to America recently, and uh, I, I liked it more than I thought I did. You know, mm-hmm. one thing, you know, they almost everyone came back for this one, and like one of the only ones that was like a glaring omission was the Soul Glow guy. Oh yeah, that was the guy from ER. Yeah, Eric LaSalle. He wasn't yeah. in it, um, and I think it's because like he was kind. Of, I think that guy's kind of a dick or something. I think yeah. he refused to do it. I'm sure he's really busy right now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I read an, an, an interview and he's like, yeah, I couldn't do it because I was really busy. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I think he was always kind of bitter, too, because he was like one of the few guys from ER that didn't really do anything after ER. Yeah. And I kind of had heard, I think, that he was sort of like a like a prick. Oh, okay. um, I think I, I don't know. Who knows where I heard that? I probably made it up. But um, yeah, that's good enough. It just seems weird that he would be one of the only people that doesn't reprise his role. I mean, that's a pretty like prominent, funny role in the movie. You know what I mean? Like Soul Glow was a like, huge joke in that movie over yeah. and over. So the how fact about, that how that, about John Amos still being alive? How about that? Yeah, that was and he looked pretty good. Louis Anderson. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was mainly, and they were playing on it was a nostalgia factor, and I mean, they they did a good job of doing that. They 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 made it. They did a good job of like making fun of that they were aware of what they were doing. You know what I mean? And that guy who directed is a really good director, Craig Brewer. He's oh, okay. done, his movies are good. He did like Hustle and Flow. I oh, think. so he yeah, he knows how to do this kind of stuff. I think he did. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but he I know the guy. I know he's directed. I don't know, him, but I know he's directed like good things. Um. Well, the thing is that, that John Amos guy, that 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 to me, seeing him, because his career has gone on forever. Um, and you know where you where he first was seen, right? He was like the dad. Good on, times. Good times, right. And do you know the whole thing about that? You probably do. Um, when he was on Good Times, he was only on for one season and then he left the show because he didn't like the way it was going. He, oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't like because it was becoming too focused on, uh, what's his name? JJ. Uh, JJ and he was his character was kind of a buffoon. Yeah. Um, but when he was on that show, you know, you, you see you, he seems so old, but he was 38 when he was on that show. On Good Times? Yeah. And Jimmy Walker was 31. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, but he's playing his dad and JJ Walker supposed to be in high school, which he could have kind of looked like. I mean, he, yeah, he, so did. He, he, he was able to pass. Definitely. Yeah. He, he looked really young. And John, I think it was one of those things where it worked out because some people look older than they are. And some people look younger. So, yeah. And John, uh, John Amos, like, so when you see that he was on good times in the seventies, you're like, oh, there's no way that guy's alive. I but know, I know that was surprise. I, I had that a lot with this. I was like, "Wow, they're still alive!" Oh, there's. I can't believe they're that they look this good. Like Arsenio looked pretty good. I yeah, thought. it was good to see Arsenio. You ever play this game where you're like, "Is this guy still alive?" Right? Then you check on Wikipedia, right? And the guy is alive, right? And then literally the next day, the guy dies. It happened to me so many times with people. Oh, really? I think that happened to me once with like Bill Paxton. I, I hadn't thought of Bill Paxton for a while. And then he died like the next day. I felt like yeah. I like, had killed him. <laughs> with that. All right, let's do that with um, NSYNC. Yeah. <laughs> Is NSYNC still alive? Is Justin Bieber still alive? It's Timberlake, but still. No, yeah, Timberlake's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, whatever. It was good. It was, it was funny. It could have been horrendous, though, like, you know, Zoolander 2 territory. But there was something else I was going to say. But, oh, yeah, was John Amos, you know, he was just in um, Uncut Gems playing himself. Did you see that? Oh, no, I didn't know that. There's like a weird, I mean, it's kind of, I guess it's funny. There's a cameo where, like, he, John Amos as himself lives next door to Adam Sandler's character. Uh, and he has to, like, ask he bangs on John Amos's door to let his son use the bathroom because his apartment, his bathroom is broken or something. And, um, and he's like, oh yeah, this guy in this apartment, he remember that he was on the show good times. And then it's John Amos. Um, and he won't let them in. So it's just kind of, that's kind of funny. Real John Amos Assange going on <laughs> like with Matthew McConaughey. This is a quick thing. It's a good say. Did you hear Matthew McConaughey is like running for governor of Texas or something? Nah, he keeps talking about it. I don't know why. Like, because they, Geraldo Rivera was talking about he's going to run for senator of Ohio. I don't know why Ohio, but I feel like, uh, I kind of feel like, and you know, The Rock always, every, they're like, he, I may run for president. I feel like there's something with the PR aspect of this where we're there. I think Matthew McConaughey is promoting a book. I'm not sure about that, but. I think this is bullshit. I don't think. Any- yeah, probably. He probably won't. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's so funny. Like 
five years ago, you would have been like, oh, well, God, no way. That's yeah. ridiculous. Matthew McConaughey would be would be governor. No way. You know, now it's just like, oh, yeah, that actually I could totally believe that now. Like after Trump. It's <laughs> yeah. <just kinda laughs> like, oh, yeah. No, no. Who who's running? Fucking. Um, and by the way, the director Grimace, uh, Grimace is running for president. Yeah, no, I can say that that actually could happen. Yeah. The director of Coming to America directed the Dolomite movie, and then he also directed the one you were talking about. He did direct Hustle yeah. and Flow, right? Okay. Black, he, s- Black but, Snake Moan, Footloose, and Dolomite. Yeah. So. Black Snake Moan, yeah. That was when he was <laughs> first doing porn. <laughs> that's like that's a real movie, right? With like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he like chains up the girl. It's pretty... I, Oh, Christina Ricci, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. But if you didn't know that was a real movie, you told someone that's what you've just seen. Like, oh, what'd you see? What movie did you see today? Black Snake Moan. (laughs) Oh, no, it's real. It's a real movie. Um, That's when Samuel Jackson was doing every movie. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Why wasn't he in this fucking movie? (laughs) Oh, yeah, he was in the original, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. There was something about that, too. They said those are the big people that the two biggest uh, people missing were Eric LaSalle and Samuel L. Jackson. Um, Samuel L. Jackson still works a lot. lot. I know he does all those commercials, too, so maybe he's busy. Yeah, he's probably... Who knows what the fuck, anyway. So, um, so Matthew McConaughey, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's... That would be funny to me if he he ran for governor. Um, this is another thing that I've been well, watching. And he's not very—he's not necessarily liberal either. He's kind of conservative. Is he known for that? He's been going on some of these podcasts, kind of talk talking like that a little bit. So you kind of wonder where he's—he's he's at. Doesn't sound that great, to be honest. Yeah, no, I wouldn't imagine he would be a good governor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think pot would definitely become legal in Texas. Right. That's one positive. Shirts would be banned. <laughs> yeah, no more shirts, and uh, and uh, also um, being bad at acting. <laughs> you didn't play, I, No, actually, he's fine. I'm just kidding. He's he, he's good. He's just the same guy in every. Uh, it was really annoying when they were remember the reconnaissance, reconnaissance, yeah. where he like was really popular. And they're like, he's amazing, but like every role he's he's like, hey, how you guys doing? All right. <laughs> Like at that point, he was in um, Interstellar. Did you ever see that? It yeah. was like, um, and I think he's supposed to be like an astronaut, like like the best astronaut in the world. And he just talks exactly like he always <laughs> talks. Like this guy, like you're like, oh, this guy had, is, had was in NASA. <laughs> he's like, where's the spaceship? All right, let's get out of here. I'm like, dude, come on, at least change your accent. Yeah, and you remember in Dallas Buyers Club, like he won the Oscar, right? And you knew he was going to. Why? Because he lost a hundred pounds for the role, right? You you gain or lose a hundred pounds for a role, you get that Oscar, which is like stupid. I mean, he was good in it, but it was all about oh wow, he really looks like he has AIDS, you know? Yeah, Jared Leto too. He also like lost a lot of weight, and then um, they were like, these guys are so skinny. (laughs) Get them some awards. It all started with De Niro and like Raging Bull, I think. Yeah, they lost yeah. all that water weight. I love how they're like, wow, look how skinny they get. Like those guys were so fat to begin with. It's yeah. like they were already in great shape. What did they, what did Jared Leto drop? Like four pounds? 
That guy was always really skinny. Skinny. Don't you Jim like? Uh, don't you like? I know sometimes they have to gain weight for roles. Like De Niro also did that. I think in Raging Bull, but he also did that for uh, the Untouchables. You ever see the Untouchables? Yeah, when he played Capone. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, that's so great!" But I mean, like, that would be kind of a cool thing, right? Like to gain fifty pounds. It would be hard, I think. It would be, but it'd also be funny if, like, uh, it'd be cool if, like, you you could get fat, but you could you had to blame it on your job, you know? <laughs> like, oh, I have to get fat for this part, you know? Like, you can't do that with other jobs. Like, why are you so fat, and disgusting? I had to. I uh, I'm a regional manager at Pep Boys. <laughs> Well, that makes sense. Though. Is that I have to look like complete shit now? <laughs> <laughs> I, or also, when they get ugly, when when really good looking people get ugly for a part, they they give them awards because they say they're so brave because they got ugly for mm-hmm. like two months. Yeah. But if you're just ugly all the time, no one is like praising <laughs> you. <laughs> like if you're just ugly all the time, no one's like, "Wow, you're so brave!" They're like, "Get out of here." Yeah, what's her name? Sh- uh, Sh- uh, Theron, Sh- Sharice yeah, Theron. Yeah, monster. That's the one. He's that like, I, I didn't wear makeup and got fat. And give me an Oscar. Or they I love the one when they're like, um, I just love how everything they just like actors and celebrities. They just want you to praise them for anything they do, any small yeah. thing that like is is not like the greatest thing in the world to happen to them. Like, um, they'll take a pay cut to be in like the, a great movie. Like when Jonah Hill did like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, being like. You know, he only got paid like seventy thousand dollars. I'm like, wow, what a hero! He only t- he took only seventy grand to work for two months in the greatest movie of all time. How was he able to get by? He's only he's only worth like fifty million. I just love that. That was like a news story. Like I was supposed to like feel like pray like you know. Um, look up to him for that or something. You know what I mean? I watched um, uh, this movie probably is going to win a lot of Oscars. Nomadland. Yeah, I saw that. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but like Did everybody, most of it, but everyone in that movie is like either not wearing makeup or is not trying to look beautiful. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm watching this. I'm like, this is Oscar bait. I'm like, right, Oscar yeah. loves ugly, you know? Yeah. No, man, look at that guy. He looks like shit. <laughs> Guy's bleeding from his face. I can't even look at him. <laughs> they're gonna ha- they're gonna hand them the Oscar with their eyes closed, <laughs> with bags over the head. But um, yeah, I saw that was fine. That's gonna be it because it's kind of about like people doing badly in America, right? right. It's kind of all about how America's like awful, <laughs> right? And white people too, mostly. So yeah, how white people are having a really hard time because they have to move around a lot and stuff. Um. I mean, I like Frances McDormand. I think she's a great actress, you know, so she'll probably win another Oscar. Yeah, I I, th- I thought it was, re- it was that's one of those movies that like I was like, OK, yeah, that was really boring. Yeah, like, I guess it's supposed to be good, but I was fucking bored. It was like Moonlight again. It was like, yeah, yeah, I guess it's good because I didn't because I didn't understand. <laughs> I can't say it's bad because <laughs> I can't shit on like these homeless people like and I think yeah. there's like real homeless people in it. It seemed like they were very authentic. There were people without teeth. So I was like, either these people are really good character actors or I don't know. Right, right. Um, so no, now no, there's no way anyone without teeth would like be and be ever get a part in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> no, no, that just shows you. It's like I feel like it's another thing this this pandemic has done. It's just kind of like kind of illustrated how like the facade of like showbiz and everything, it's kind of like 
because they always did that with like acting and stuff. They always tried to make it act, make they act like it was like a really hard job, you know, like, no, no, yeah. you have to, it's really hard, you know, but it's like, you saw Nomadland and it's just real homeless people and they're all like great in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so why do you need to pay fucking, um, <laughs> uh, I don't even know fucking, uh, Ben Affleck, like $80 million to, you know, act homeless, just get a homeless guy. <laughs> Because I always think I always think it's not hard to be. You can be anyone can be a decent actor. It's just hard to be a great actor. But most people are just decent actors. So, you know, it's not hard to get people. Who can well, if you're that. in movies and stuff, you can like cut. You can make someone who's not that great look like a decent actor. Yeah, you know what I mean, and so I just there are great film actors like you know De Niro or Pacino <laughs> or people like that. But like DiCaprio, but. There's just some people they're just, you know, they're not like amazing. You know what I mean? They're fine, but they're just kind of, I mean, I think it is, I think it is hard. I'm, I, I'm kind of making fun of it, but I, I also do think it's not as hard as they're trying to no, I, come off as. I think it's just hard to be a great actor, you know, but it's like kind of like a being a comedian too. Like there's a lot of comedians that just do the job, you know, um, and then there's great comics. It's a lot harder to be a comedian. Definitely. I think probably in the end, yeah. Well, because you can see comedians be, become actors immediately and be amazing in, in movies. Yeah. I, I felt somewhat like, you know, fucking, um, I don't know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a film actor who would, could Jim carry. Or no, somebody like, who did, like uh, I don't even know who the fuck, who's like famous anymore? <laughs> like, <laughs> no who are knows. the big people anymore? Um, like Leonardo DiCaprio, it's like the only actor I can think of. Colin Farrell, like it's Colin to, Farrell, couldn't start doing stand up next week and like kill, you know? No, no. I mean, it's hard to tell who's famous anymore because there's no real movie. So, so it's like, and also the famous people are just like you. Most, you know, they're famous to like like certain niches of the right. world, or they're um, Instagram famous and they're famous yeah. to everybody but us, you know, or who knows. But what was I? Uh, so this is the thing I want to talk about. Um, is the movie I was, I've, I've been watching? It's like a, a docu series on HBO uh, about Woody Allen and Mia Farrow. All right, I'll, I'll play a clip of it if you haven't heard of it. Here we go. The father is Woody Allen, writer, director, actor. The mother is Mia Farrow, his co-star and the mother of his three children. I want to make sure that we're not talking about some type of a Hollywood relationship that's just gone bad. Okay, so. Um, if you don't know what that means, that he fucked a lot of the kids or some of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Uh, do you write short blurbs for the paper? <laughs> he fucked a lot of the kids. Or well, I mean, so you know, I wasn't even. He did a really good job of spinning this back in '92 because I didn't mm -hmm. even know about the Dylan Farrow thing until like like eight years ago when it kind of became a story again. Like he totally and they they talk about it in the documentary. Have you been watching it? Yeah, and I have to say, like, I remember at the time remembering that and saying, like, he got lucky because I knew he was a celebrity and they would be gunning for guys like him. So whether it was true or not, I thought he always got lucky on that, that he wasn't indicted. And now that I watch it, I'm like, yeah, he got very lucky because he's he seems like he's guilty. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, people are like, oh, it's one size just telling their side. But, like, they're making a very good fucking case yeah. of... And first of all, I always thought he was, I mean, first of all, he he looks like a pedophile. That's that's the beginning of right. it. He just completely, he's not doing himself any you know service by the way he walks around. But 
you know, I, the the whole thing that's amazing is like this. First of all, I, the biggest revelation is that it's not pronounced Soon Yi. It's Sunni. <laughs> yeah, they keep saying Sunni. And I'm like, Sunni? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> why is it? Why is everyone calling this chick Sunni? Why are they acting like there's not a huge Y in the middle? Because it's not like a small Y. It's like Soon and then Yi. That's what I always thought. People always used to say that name like Soon Yi. So. That's the most annoying part. They keep being like, and then Sunni. And I'm like, stop saying Sunni. Like, it's a fucking state school. But anyway, like. Wait, by the way, did you see the one part where he's like, he's on 60 Minutes? I remember that interview. He's on with like Steve Croft. Yeah. Steve Croft was actually a friend of Woody Allen. So it was kind of a softball interview from what I remember. And he's like, I'm 57. He's like. Why would I start being a pedophile at 57? And that was his his defense. I'm like, no one said you started at 57. You got caught when you were 57. Yeah, I thought about that. It's yeah. like, it's not like, hey, I'm not a pedophile. It's like, hey, why would I start now? I, I had a, he even says I had a lot of chances to be a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like, that's true. Who knows how many other fucking, you know, it was a, such a terrible happened. argument. And people were like, oh, that sounds right. He's smart. So he must be right. But if you look at that argument, it's like that argument doesn't doesn't really diffuse anything. Well, the other thing is like and I, I thought this like, you know, I didn't even know the Dylan Farrow thing back then, because yeah. like he did do a good way of spinning it where basically he somehow got away with like, you know, banging the daughter of his girlfriend <laughs> And, and then like putting his and, head in between the kids' legs and blowing. No, but like, how did that? How did he ever get away with that? And I, you know, I, I always thought that was fucking weird. Like, I know that they always kind of play up, like, well, it wasn't, you know, she's adopted Soon Yi, and like, you know, wasn't my daughter is my right. girlfriend's daughter, and but it's like, yeah, but I mean, it's still fucking insane. You know what I mean? And then he's like, and why is you know me? What did you say? There. Yeah, I'll talk to myself. Why is Mia? Uh-oh. No, no, I got it. I got it. Okay. Well, what we're talking about is the Woody Allen... I'm back, I'm back. Can you hear ...documentary, me? everybody. Yes. Can you hear me? Mostly. You're a little low. Okay, well, I'm back. Okay. We'll take it from here. You soon need well, that Woody microphone. Woody Allen is powerful. You even stopped me from talking about this. <laughs> Well, you know, so um, with him, uh, they showed in the documentary he had very powerful uh, legal defense that basically flattened Mia Farrow. And if you watch the documentary, one of the things I noticed was that she wasn't really fighting back too much. I think for, for whatever reason that was, you know, she would just say she'd be like, yeah. you know, I said what I said. And I think that's what made his case seem more valid, that she really wasn't you know, all the stuff that came out in the documentary really wasn't being said back then. He, he did a really good job of spinning it. I, I'm yeah. learning from this. And um, but did, did you notice that how she didn't really like she she had a press conference? She said she, she was basically I said what I said and she left the press conference. Yeah. And and because of that, and, and they talk about in the documentary because of that, he was able to control the narrative of right. what she was thinking and why she was doing it. So. He, she didn't have any chance of saying her side. It was basically like, and I thought of that because it is like gaslighting. I was like, oh yeah, he kept telling us that this is why she was doing it. And this yeah, it was, it was, was a very it. Trumpian thing that he did. You know, you do that. you you talk the most, you control the narrative. Like you said, they even do that with, I don't know if you've watched like all the, there's been three so far, but they even talk about like, 
you know, the, they, it, they interviewed Dylan Farrell, like a bunch of, like way too many times. She was like uh, seven years old, like nine times. And they, yeah. someone made a report about what, what they thought if there were, if she was credible and someone wrote a report, like a psycho, like a profile of it. And, um, I don't know what it said specifically, but all the notes were destroyed. And then it was exactly like the uh, Mueller report where Woody Allen came out and said, oh, yeah, I I was vindicated. They said that I didn't do it. Like he basically came out and said the report came out. They said I didn't do it. And that's not what they said. Someone said, oh, I I think maybe she's not credible. But then other people said she was credible. Going into it, I was like, I thought he he probably didn't. But now watching this, I'm like, oh, yeah, he did it. Like that video they've shown of her right after it, because they there's video of her like the next day. And she's like, oh, yeah, he did this. It's like so Mia Farrow was able to coach her in like nine hours to like. (laughs) I mean, growing up in a family of Jews, you know, uh, I'm not Jewish. I just grew up in a family of Jews. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, But Jewish people were very protective of Woody Allen. And I remember me and people, members of my family were like, and still are like, there's no way he could have done this. And it's almost like the way uh, I think certain some black people are like with Michael Jackson. You know, you, you, you can't. And it's not just Jewish people or whatever, but there are certain people who love and you can't see past that yeah. his brilliance and his genius. And I didn't for a very long time. I was like, nah, this can't be true. But then I, after a while, I was saying, why can't it be true? If when, it's did true you, about Michael- when did you change that? Something like. I think in the last five, six, seven years, when I knew for a fact, I knew for a long time Michael Jackson was guilty. The only reason why I defended Woody Allen was I was like, because I liked him so much. But I'm like, that's not a defense. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm, I realized watching it, I really was, never was into Woody Allen. That's like such a that that's kind of the, another big reveal with this for me is like. I think I've seen like four of his movies and like the huge ones I've never seen. I've never seen Annie Hall. I never wow. saw. Um, that's a great Man- movie. I mean, Manhattan, like that's such a crazy thing. I mean, yeah, like, that's creepy when you look at it now, you know, I love how like it took this long for people to be like, oh, that's fucked up. Like that a 16 year old is dating like a 42 year old. Um, <laughs> and it was you know, just kind of like a movie where like that's barely even part of the narrative. Yeah. And in, and in fairness to that, it seemed like in the 70s, no one gave a shit about that as much. Not saying it wasn't wrong. It's just you see like, oh, this guy's dating a 17 year old like you do. Um, so but he had a problem, obviously. Yeah. So that's why. So the, going back to the soon Yi thing, like he, he he spun it where he was kind of like, look, I'm sorry. Like I fell in love with this one. I know Mia's hurt, but I fell in love with this girl. <laughs> and then he's kind of acting like. And she's being like really vindictive, like she wants to stop us. And it's like, even if you weren't living in the house and her boyfriend, like Mia Farrow's boyfriend, wouldn't she be like to her daughter, like, hey, I, you're 18. I don't want you dating this 58-year-old guy. Yeah. Like, I'm not just going to let you go and live with him. You know what I mean? As like a mom, like a parent just wouldn't let that happen. So, Or how about this? Let's say you're a woman and you have some kids and some guy kind of comes into the family because he's dating you. You basically have one rule. Don't fuck my kids. That should be a no brainer. I know that's, that's what's so <laughs> insane. Like, that's why it's like what, when he tries to like make the argument of like, well, where is this coming from? It's like, so like ridiculous. It's like, what do you mean? You fucked the other, you're fucking the other kid. Like, it's crazy that you would fuck other, like, 
<laughs> Can you believe they said I fucked this kid? I mean, I'm I'm fucking this kid right now. <laughs> like, I mean, I might fuck her in like nine years, but I mean, right now, that's but it's just like what, what it's insane. Like, it, it just doesn't seem like it's completely out of the like. That's really creepy. I feel like I don't know how everyone got past the creepiness of the Soon Yi thing. I like. I'm always amazed he got past that even back then, you know? No, like you ever have like, no, if you're an uncle or you have friends who have kids and sometimes the kid is like the little kid and it's like running around naked and stuff like that. I I can't even like look in the direction of the kid. Right, right. You know what I mean? So I don't understand these people. They're like, they look at these children like they're fucking prey. I mean, he's sick. He really is. And the whole thing, they always argue like, well, she wasn't my daughter, Soon Yi. She was adopted. But it's like, dude, you're you're like, she was the sister of like other kids that you were raising with this woman. You know what I mean? And and she didn't adopt her when she was 16. She adopted the kid when it was, when when she was like eight. She raised her as her daughter. Yeah, exactly. Like, it wasn't like you were there as a father. It wasn't like she showed up as an 18 year old. It was like, you were around your girlfriend's kids and you're clearly the father. I mean, who, who knows if you want to be the father figure, but that's what you're, you've, you're adopted kids with this woman yeah. who are the sisters of these other kids. So it's kind of established that they're kids. And, and so that, like, and yeah, so and do you, uh, are we supposed to believe like when she turned 18 soon, that's when something clicked in him and he oh, finally yeah, got bullshit. into her. It's like, I mean, that's he, fucking bullshit too. He yeah. knew her since she was like five as like a daughter figure. It's just kind of like, yeah, not only that, and Woody Allen, not maybe not the best looking guy, but listen, he could have gotten a lot of women. For a I long know. Why time. does it have to be the fucking daughter of them? Right. You know what I mean? That's like, when you like, know it's a sickness when it's like, I got to fuck the kids. You know? I know. I know. That's that's actually a really good point because it's not like Soon Yi is some stunner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, oh my God. Yeah, it's like you're, you can't meet another fucking. <laughs> Even weird if it's another Asian seven- girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's fine looking, but she, she kind of has a weird face, I think. I right. Well, even if it's another 17 year old girl, which is not legal, how about not the one that your wife fucking or de facto wife adopted? Just pick any. I <laughs> no, I, I just, I love how they try to argue. Listening to him argue his side is so like absurd. Like, it's like, we didn't start, you know, having a relationship, a sexual relationship until she was 21. Like, it's like, oh, that's supposed to make it not, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, yeah. I didn't start banging my daughter until she was 21, you know, and she could make her own decisions. It's like, it's still fucking like, it, it's still insane. And now it's, that's what I think is the best part of this documentary is kind of finally like showing this for what it is. And his, all his arguments are just so like, and then the, the creepiest part is that, Afterwards, when he's accused of molesting Dylan Farrow and after the Sunni thing, he tries to get custody of her. Well, that was like an offensive move. That's what they apparently they do. Uh, he didn't really want to do it. It's a way, I guess they were saying in the documentary that you 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 put them on the defensive. Uh, right. Oh, to- he totally did not want those fucking kids. Yeah. The whole movie, they kept saying, Mia Farrow was like, every time I was dating him, he said, I don't want any kids around. Right. Now he has to have Dylan Farrow. And first of all, what, why is he only adopting three of the kids? He's only adopting the hot kids. <laughs> well, it seemed like in the movie, the move, the legal pr- move is that you, you, you're calling her crazy. So if you're going to call the woman crazy, you have to follow through and say, she shouldn't raise my children. So that's the only right. reason why you do it. 
you know, so it's, it's, it's a weird strategy because that can backfire on you a lot too. Cause then they're going to start bringing up the relationships again in court. It's also so. really creepy to think like there's a good chance he did that with Dylan Farrow. And then he's trying to get custody of her. I mean, that's like terrifying. Yeah. Um, but that's those, le- those lawyers were sharks, you know, and they, they yeah. gave him advice and it, shit worked. And, and they, I think they he buried her. He did a good job, you know, of playing that like nebbish, like right. Jewy guy who's just kind of like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's just <laughs> like, you know, that that guy is not some like weak, weak minded person behind, you know, I mean, that guy is he first of all, he has a lot of issues and problems. Right. Um, and he's he is just because he doesn't look like a fucking shark. He is a fucking aggressive shark. Well, well, the, the thing is, is that, first of all, you know, and I in certain ways I can separate him from his art. Um, but in his movies, especially the ones in the eighties and nineties, he basically admitted to doing all this stuff in his movies. Oh, really? With like, which ones? A bunch of them. They would have this overarching theme of like, yeah, you can be a great artist, but you can have bad morals. And he was not saying it, but he was kind of saying it, you know, his, the protagonist. It's exactly what, what Louis CK's movie is supposed to be about. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was from the same playbook. You know, he's a big Woody Allen fan and they both feel that way. I think they both feel that, that like, yeah, I'm a creep, but I'm a genius. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Can- and I think that's what happens to these guys that they're surrounded by people who just let them get, be, you know, tell them over and over. Society just treats them in a certain way where it's like, oh my God, you're a genius. You can do anything you want. I do think it gets at it. You know, they, they don't really, they're just not thinking clearly. And then I think something, if you're, if you're kind of already like sexually, maybe a little bit deviant, I think like if you're getting all the things you want, you, you, your sexuality and your desires are going to go into weird places. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of like when you hear about these like good looking celebrities who like guys who are like having sex with dudes and stuff or, or eating people. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like Army Hammer. I think it was probably just boring. Like, I don't know if you're just able to bang your entire life to bang anyone you want all the yeah. time. Like, and you're, you're super gonna... rich. You have everything. You, your move. I don't know. It seems like the next move would be cannibalism. I guess. Yeah, or like kids. The you know the kids. <laughs> and I mean, I'm I'm like kind of king, but I mean, I don't know. I I even back then, I never really was able to like. Because this whole Dylan Farrell thing, the first time I heard about it was when he was up for an Oscar for like um, Blue Jasmine. Because it had become, I think, like he was nominated, and then Kate Blanchett was nominated, yeah. and they they re brought it out, and I didn't know about it. But I don't know. Immediately, I was like, oh yeah, he probably did that. I mean, because it's soon you think. Well, you know what's so funny? I was talking to some uh, comic who is under thirty years old, right? we were talking about this movie and he's like this, he goes, when I was growing up, everyone just thought Woody Allen was a pedophile. This, this documentary is not really a surprise. Oh, really? I think it's just people who were older who saw this transpire. I think when you're under 30, like, yeah, yeah, he's a pedophile. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, like I said, I didn't know the Dylan Farrow thing until about eight years ago. And, um, but and I think, you know, with me, I, I just never really was that much of a fan. Like I saw like, I saw Sleeper and I saw Take the Money and Run. Yeah. And the I think early movies are funny. And, um, but, and now it sucks because I feel like I don't want to see Manhattan anymore. You know what no. I mean? 
Um, I don't know. I, I know everyone like like jizzes about him. I, I just he was his, his he always annoyed me. He's another. I'm not going to be like. I, it was the same thing with Bill Cosby. Like Bill Cosby always seemed creepy to me, and like yeah. I never thought he was funny. Um, so I have like good radar for this. Like if you, it's always the guys that like, if I don't think they're funny, then they end up probably being rapists or pedophiles. So fucking, um, but you're a fan of CK though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say, so, and you're a big Delia fan Watch out for, for who I don't think is funny next. <laughs> and <laughs> you're fucking, a big Delia, um, Chris Delia fan, right? Yeah, that guy's done, right? Because th- there was like some charge. Th- they charged him with something that like literally sounds like the worst thing to be charged with. Weren't they, right? Wasn't he just charged with something awful? Yeah, pedophilia, basically. <laughs> but it was called something like that. It was like child yeah. rape or something. Like they gave it like the worst possible name. Um, I think he was soliciting uh, underage women through text. <laughs> I, I I don't well, think the, he's coming back. I feel well, the, I really no. Feel well, like the funny thing about that is, I think they wait. They wait. So he was quiet for like six months, right? Then he puts out an episode of his podcast, doing a an apology, which I think a lot of people didn't really like the way he was apologizing. Oh, he did that re- recently. Yeah, you know, it was more of like those apologies where non-apology apologies where they go mistakes were made. You know, yeah. I you know I I need to work on myself, but he wasn't saying I'm a rapist, right? So he does that. People, I guess, did not love what he was, how he apologized. And then like a week later, this shit came out. So I think they were waiting for that. Some Whoever right. did that was waiting for his truck, his attempt at a comeback. And now he's done. Yeah. And I think we talked about this before. The problem with him is like, you know, I know people liked him and stuff, but I just don't think he's funny enough to overcome that. Like some people are like funny enough to overcome it. Um, and Woody Allen, I mean, he, you know, he was already kind of done anyway. It's like, just fucking just go away, dude. It's, yeah. it's over. Like he's just, canceled. He's dev. I mean, his whole thing, Woody Allen was that he could make movies on the cheap and everyone would want to be in his films because they would get Oscar nominations or. Yeah, victories. that's over. Yeah, so now that's so now he can't even get these actors. So. And what is an and I mean, what is an Oscar nomination at this point anymore? I mean, did you watch the Golden Globes? I had heard of like yeah. one movie that was nominated. Yeah. Like, so it's going to be like the Oscars are going to be for so it's going to be like everyone just at home in their li- in their bedroom. I thought that was so funny. Like, I saw someone accept it like in a robe in like their bedroom. Oh, that's funny. You know, they're I, like, oh, God. it must really kind of take away from the hugeness of the moment when you're like, God, thank you so much. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to bed right now. You know, like, <laughs> well, the Golden Globes is always like kind of a joke. Oscars where everyone gets drunk. Right. That's the whole thing with that one. But I feel like the Oscars are going to the, the grandness of, of it's going to be it was it was oh, already yeah. kind of like flailing for years anyway, because movies were already kind of like trying to stay <laughs> afloat against right. streaming services. But now that everything is like Netflix and Amazon, everything that's nominated, it's just kind of like people have to fucking like, you know, Scorsese keeps coming out and complaining about cinema and like, yeah. oh, cinema. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. You you just you were a director in the best part time of movies. All right? right. Now you're 90 and you make shitty movies like just. Yeah. And you put the movies on Netflix. <laughs> but it's also like it's oh, it's that that time is over, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's gone. I'm, you know, yeah, that, all right, fine. They're, they're not as good anymore. You know, like he complained about, like, I don't like how they call movies content anymore. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> what do you want them to do? You're like almost dead, dude. So, like, 
but you know what I mean? Things change. Like, do you want it to just be the say what it was for you the whole the whole time? Like, why don't you just be thankful that you were a director in the greatest time to be a fucking film director? Yeah, you know? and things always change. I mean, it's like there were talkies and there were silent movies, and things change. You know, and that's comedy changes too. A lot of comics are bitter about the changes in comedy, but comedy's always changed. It's so. just natural. It's just being a human. People yeah. just don't like change. And it, which is weird because that's all life is all the time is changing. Right. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Like I guarantee you people were like when, you know, people start talking in movies or like, what are these talkies? I don't like <laughs> it. They call them talk. I saw a movie. These people were talking. No, was- Charlie Chaplin apparently was like, this is a fad. <laughs> yeah. I swear that's like a quote and he, you know, that was it for him. Right, right. How, how did he feel about hip hop music? Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's always like these older white guys calling the things a fad. Oh, it's a fad. <laughs> um, the only time I ever thought something was a fad when it wasn't a fad was the original internet boom. Right. Yeah. Was, and then everything collapsed. Right. Like, and I think it was 2000, everything collapsed. Like, all the stocks, all a lot of them went out of business, pets.com. So I was started reading online. They're like, oh yeah, the internet is a fad. And I started to believe it. I'm like, yeah, maybe it is. I mean, these companies don't seem to make money. I guess the internet's gonna go away. I really believe that for like maybe six months. And then I was like, oh yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, you definitely missed the mark <laughs> on that one. <laughs> I don't know what I mean, I I don't think I even rap music when I first got into it, like, you know, and I know it's called hip hop now, but when, when I started, you know, we were, when it first came out, it was rap music. Um, so I do remember hearing that was a fad and I never really thought about much about it, but I was, you know, we were kids when it happened. And I, I don't think you're thinking of in terms of fads at that point, you're just kind of like, this is what I like right now. No, Um, but it was, I think a difference, such a difference between like, well, people are singing, and now they're not singing. So it seems like I could see how people kind of perceive it as like, you know, there's like novelty songs. Like, I, I think a lot of the early rap hits were kind of novelty hits, like, you know, like Will, Will Smith and stuff like that. Or totally. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, the, and then what changed, I guess, was the Run DMC walk right. this way. I but, mean, but, any, yeah, go ahead. No, but I'm saying some of the hits for a while, the hits were kind of like novelty songs. So you're like, yeah, maybe That's this is you know, like Vanilla Ice was kind of a goofy song, you know? Yeah, but I think, I, I mean, I guess that's what it was. I guess I was so into it from the beginning that I was actually listening that it was probably more underground than I knew even because yeah. it was like what everyone I knew was listening to. So I didn't know any, and this was before the internet. So whatever was happening within like the eight people you knew, yeah. you assumed that's what the world, what you know what I mean? And it was on TV. So it's just such like a... I miss those days where you just couldn't, you didn't know what was going on beyond like your yeah. fucking neighborhood. <laughs> so, you know, like I had like 10 friends who listened to rap music and I was like, I guess the whole world is into rap yeah. music. <laughs> and then it's funny. Cause I was every rap documentary is the same pivotal moment. They're always like, and then they did walk this way with Aerosmith and that took it mainstream. And I was like, really? I, I already had two run DMC albums by that point. <laughs> But yeah. I guess no one really knew it. You know what I mean? I think that was the first one they really played on MTV and like the in the not on Yo MTV raps. I think they played it like in prime time. So I think that was the big deal about it. Yeah, it was because it was raw. It was like a rock group that was that was hugely famous oh. and playing with Run DMC. Um, 
but I, but anyway, so I don't know. So the, the, the Woody Allen thing, I don't know how we got up, but like, uh, yeah, I, he, he, he always, again, now looking at him, you know, and it's funny when they're shut, you know, they're like, how could anyone think this guy was a pedophile? And then they show clips of him. He's just like, he looks so great. He's like hunched um, over dressed yeah. in like a trench coat and like a hat, you know, like a bucket hat. And he's just kind of like, um, you know, walking next to Sunyi when she's like 20 years old, you know, and Brad. this guy, well, let me look at him. <laughs> he looks totally normal. Yeah. yeah he, he made act- movies about banging 16 year olds. <laughs> yeah. He does all these movies about banging 16 year olds. But for some reason he waited till she was 18 on the nose. Soon, soon, soon. Right. Right. Oh yeah. yeah right. Right. Man. Yeah, I guess sure. she's 17. Yeah. But that's, those are the kind of arguments he's always been making. Like she wasn't 16. She was 17. Yeah. Crazy! What do you mean? I would never do this. You know? Wow, that's yeah. good. That's a good. Uh, do you have yeah. that impression in your back pocket? Yeah, for when I want to do a pedophile. It's crazy. <laughs> I I've, like I've never even tried to do one. I feel like he probably is like an easy one to do. He does that cough crazy. thing too. Is what that, are you doing? What? It's almost like a tell where he's like, you know, you me and Sunyi. It's like he does do that on that interview you're talking about. Yeah, kind of like has a tell in it. Well, you know, um, or it's the, just his persona because recently Jennifer Aniston, did you see someone break down uh, Jennifer Aniston? Did you see that? No. Apparently that was a thing that she always did on Friends. Before she delivered a, like a funny line, she would go, <clears throat> she would cough. Really? Yeah. And some guy put like 200 coughs together and they're like, this ruins Jennifer Aniston. You you can't watch Friends the same way. And I'm like, no, that's Great. fine. I, I shouldn't watch that then. No, no, it's fine because it was like a way of delivering a line. To me, it was almost like I felt like she stole it from Woody Allen. You know, but, but in the context of him talking about pedophilia, I started to feel like maybe this is a tell. Yeah, he. I mean, and I guess if you're doing an interview where you're talking about being a pedophile and denying it, you're probably going to be uncomfortable in the interview. Yeah. But he does at that point seem, I don't know, it's all just very strange how he's just coming out. But if I called you a pedophile, right, and you, <clears throat> yeah, did that <clears throat> right before, yeah, that doesn't seem like a, an innocent guy. I don't know. I'd be like, yeah, exactly. Like if you if you're interviewing me right now and you're like, did you molest that five year old? Like to do it right now. Yeah. Did you molest that five year old? No, I didn't. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not do that. Like I want everyone. Do you remember when I had a joke? Well, about, let's hear it the other way, though. <laughs> did you molest the five year old? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Let me clear my throat before I, it's like. I would just want to get right into that answer. Like no right. pauses. You know yeah. what I mean? Like <clears throat> it's kind of like when, you know, I don't know, like when Bill Cosby first got accused by like what a hundred, hundred million women. <laughs> yeah. and what I what was the number of women? Was it everyone in the world that he, that he raised? Yeah. I think that was the last figure I heard everybody. No, but like it was ridiculous. And then they would bring it up and he's like, I don't want to talk about it. But I had a joke where I was like, you know, if if you don't rape people and then you get accused of raping them, you want to talk about it. You know what I mean? You're not like, hey, I don't want to talk about it. You're like, no, who said that? Right, right. Like, I, I want to clear this up right now, like that I that I didn't do those things. Um, so it feels very right. But he was I, like, I don't want to like, didn't you compare it to like a murder or something? I was like, it's like someone got murdered right outside, and then I was standing there and they were like, Hey, everyone said you murdered him. And I was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'd be like, Really? Who said that? Like, bring them over here. Yeah. I don't I'll do an interview right now. We're saying I didn't do it. 
Right. Let me get some cough drops before I start. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're, they're doing it. In a, and also what's interesting to watch is like how 92 and now is such a different time where yeah. you were able to leeway you had back then. Yeah. And especially like I said before, when he said, Oh, I'm 57. Why would I start now? That's such a weird defense. Like, I don't know how a pedophile thinks what, maybe that's when they do start. I know. I know. Uh, that's another really, you would never, I would, I would never want to ever say, yeah, that like, I would never say that I wouldn't be like. Cause that sounds very like, hey, this is a really good like defense to this that, like <laughs> that I've thought through. You know what I mean? After OJ was like, yeah, I'm 45. I never killed anyone before I was 45. So why would I kill anyone now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I don't know. Maybe you hadn't been that mad yet or hadn't <laughs> been able to. Um, yeah. yeah. What age is it appropriate for you to start being a pedophile? You know what I mean? <laughs> who, like, yeah, again, I don't, who knows when, it, right. you know, maybe one day when you're 57, yeah, you just start. But also again, it's like, it's Oh yeah. Like and then these, he did say, he's like, and I had, you said that I had so many opportunities. Like what? Like who even thinks of that? But yeah, that's another, that's kind of like saying that is like implying that you've like, had willpower right <laughs> <laughs> like kind of that's like when you tell a girl like hey i've had so many chances to cheat on you and i didn't you know like yeah. i had to stop myself <laughs> you know how many times i could have molested kids and i had to stop myself like we're again we're supposed to reward him for not molesting uh, people and just the fact that you years. can think about how many opportunities there were like i yeah. never in every day of like wow i could have fucked a lot of kids today i just think about my cheeses i've been to in the last two years yeah, and again, it was the same thing with the Michael Jackson thing when people were like, "Can you know?" What they said, like, um, "How could you think he was a pedophile?" You know, Michael Jackson. I'm like, "Have you seen him?" I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he looks exactly like a pedophile. Um, oh, all right. No, there was like, "Where's the okay. where's the proof?" That was yeah. the one. I don't yeah. know. Everyone's saying he molested them. <laughs> Did you and, see the movie where the two kids, the whole movie, they just kept saying he molested me here. And then even the sleepovers. I mean, that is all admitted to like by both parties. They're like Michael Jackson would be on an interview. Like, yeah, I just had him sleep in my bed, but there was no funny business. I'm like, yeah, that's the funny business right there. The right, sleeping right. in the bed is already way too funny. I never, that's so funny. I never thought of that, but people always said after that documentary came out, like the, the three or four hour documentary where the whole movie was just two kids being like, he raped me here and then he raped me here. And then like, where's the proof? I'm like, this movie was two hours of it, of the kids saying it. So and, and the kids I remember were so specific. Like, they're like, hey, he put, a, you know, he put his dick in my ass and he was fingering my fucking taint. It was so specific. And people are like, yeah, he could have just made that up. I'm like, I don't think anyone could have they made knew, that like, up. They knew like the wallpaper, the exact like <laughs> what he had written on the walls right. and like um, the, the maid shifts, right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the laundry detergent, you know, like, no, it was, it, it was, it, it, I, that was the one thing about the Michael Jackson when it was easier to believe because the documentary was like, first of all, there were already like three other kids that were in the right. documentary. And then two kids were just like, Oh yeah, then uh, this week he raped me every day, and then for three years he raped me every single day, and then this one was like, okay, he did it once, so you could maybe like, you know, weasel your way out of like right. one incident. But yeah, I guarantee you there are more incidents. You're just not hearing about them. Yeah, same with Woody Allen too. Well, that's what I mean. I mean yeah. Woody Allen. I think 
yeah, there, I guarantee there were other. Inc- well, first of all, he he did he banged suit the other kid, so it's like there are other instances. Well, Mariel Hemingway, I think it was Mariel Hemingway who was in Manhattan. Yeah, uh, you know he dates her in the movie, but apparently in real life he hit on her. Yeah, of course. I mean, I guarantee. Yeah, and I, I think I might have told the story before, but times were so different back then. Mariel Hemingway went to her parents, and she's like, "Woody Allen wants to take me to Europe." And I, I don't know, it seems a little off. And the parents were like, oh, you should go. It'd be a good career move. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Hemingways were seemed like a fucked up family. <laughs> what, but it, I also what, think back then people didn't really, 17 wasn't considered that bad. I'm not defending Woody Allen. I'm just saying that. I think it depended on the, the parents. But yeah. yeah, I think it definitely. I wasn't raised. Like, I do think I. I don't know if some, I don't think in my parents ever told me, I think my parents were, were Woody Allen fans, but I knew the plot of Manhattan and it was never presented to me young as like an odd plot. Yeah. You know I mean, it was just kind of like, that's kind of what life was, was like, well, if you're able to score 17 year old chicks when you're older, then good for you. you yeah. Know? And he made, he made some jokes about it. There was one movie called love and death where he was like a character was like the meaning of life is having sex with two 16 year old girls simultaneously. That's the meaning of life. That was a joke in the movie. And you right, look back okay. at that movie and you're like, uh, not as funny. anymore. it wasn't really that funny to begin with, but <laughs> I wonder who's, who, who people will be talking about in like 30 years. So they're like, I can't believe fucking, you know, who's like a beloved person oh. now. Well, everyone says Tom, all the QAnon people say Tom Hanks, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious i i you know we don't have time to talk about it. we'll wrap but like of all the people that q and not that q picked to be uh, the, the pedophile um killing drinking the blood of kids that it be like that sounds like someone fucking with people yeah like, who is okay so who is the who is masterminding this child pedophile ring tom hanks yeah. you think they'll buy that no way tom hanks you couldn't think of a celebrity less intimidating or or fight you know what i mean everyone fucking loves tom mr hanks. rogers well that doesn't help actually but uh, do you think that freaks him out like do you think he's like at home like fuck do people really think this i think that might have had some slight effect on his career i think he tries to tune it out but he's got to be aware of it that he's the guy you know yeah I mean, you must think it's insane. Wow. He, Times have really changed. Like, you know, if you look, you know, if you were like frozen in time in 1998. Yeah. And then you came back now and you're like, oh, what's going on? Okay. Woody Allen is a pedophile. Tom Hanks runs a pedophile ring. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. What the fuck happened? And Donald Trump was president. Donald Trump was president. Yeah. He's not anymore. And Matthew McConaughey is about to become president. <laughs> All right, we should wrap this up. Okay, cool. Um, all right, well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, please uh, rate and review this podcast. Uh, subscribe and uh, please donate to our Patreon. It's under Last Exit to Brooklyn. That's and, the show. Uh, and that's the show. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time.